listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. All right. That was an awesome time of worship. Uh, I'm so glad that we are here yet again. Another Sunday uh, in the midst of this uh, weird phase that we're experiencing a uh, COVID or post-COVID world. We're still in the midst of the social distancing. We're still in the midst of, of all these different things that have now become the norm of life. And it it's so crazy because we I think we turn to the news sometimes looking for good news. We turn to the news seeking to find comfort, seeking to know, as Pastor Jason was sharing earlier, when does this end? When does the madness return back to normality? We're looking for good news. And of course, as ambassadors of the gospel of Christ, we believe that the gospel is the greatest news in the history of mankind, in the history of humanity. And in this series, something that we want to do is we want to try to find a, a way to get excited about the gospel again and also share it. We're seeking to also share the gospel. Um, I think sometimes what's confusing about the gospel to us is that we tend uh, to get excited when we first receive the gospel, but sometimes the cares of life or other things, even though we love Jesus and we love the gospel, we love who God is and how much he loves us, there's a little bit of a diminishing of the excitement for the gospel. <coughs> Excuse me. What we want to do is reignite that passion within us so that we can share it because we can't share a gospel that we're not truly excited about. We can't share good news if we're not excited about the good news, if we don't believe that it's actual good news. In this series, we want to do uh, various things in reviewing what the gospel is. We want to know what the essence of the gospel is. We want to know what the kingdom of the gospel is. Uh, we want to know that the gospel is still relevant, and we want to know the purpose of the gospel. Those are the four things that we will be uh, going over in this series of the good news. And so today we start first with trying to understand what the essence of the gospel is. To do this, we're, we're going to uh, have to review some of the basic um, gospel passages in the Bible that give us a sense of a summary, if you will, of what the gospel is. And so first and foremost, I want us to go through three passages that aren't all inclusive of summarizing every element that's essential to the gospel, but definitely give you a good feel for the essentials of the gospel. The first one is a reminder of the fact that the gospel is the good news of God's great love for us. The gospel is the good news of God's great love for us. And what better passage to remind us of the fact that the gospel is the good news of God's great love for us than John 3.16. John 3.16 tells us that the gospel is the good news of God's great love for us because it tells us for God so loved the world that he gave his only son 
that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send, in verse 17 it says, it goes on to say, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. See, Jesus doesn't come to condemn, rather we stand condemned and Jesus comes to save us. One thing we might ask ourselves is why, why did we need saving? Why did we need saving? We needed to be saved because our sin separates us from God. We needed to be saved because our sin separates us from God. For those that haven't tasted the gospel, that's present. We need to be saved because our sin separates us from God. Colossians 1.21 tells us, speaking to us, those of us that are believers that have already been reconciled, it says, and you who were once alienated, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body. That's Jesus. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh of his, by his death, excuse me, in order to present you and I holy and blameless and above reproach before him. See, we were alienated, it says there, because of our deeds and our mind. We were by nature sinful, separated from God. But the good news, of course, is that we are saved by what some people call the great exchange with Jesus. The good news is that we are saved by the great exchange with Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it gives us this uh, this great exchange passage, as some theologians call it. It says in verse 21 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, for our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, who knew no sin. He made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The great exchange See, the the righteous, the holy, perfect life that Jesus lived, he lived it for me. And he swapped his name with mine. And he took the name of a sinner. And I took the name of Jesus. It's the great exchange. It's it's such a beautiful component and, and central aspect of what the gospel is. What I want to do at this moment I'm sure I've shared these passages that kind of remind us of what the gospel essentials are. But at this moment, what I'd like to do is go to um, our screen here behind me and talk about a summary of what the gospel is by observing these, uh, this visual illustration of what the gospel is. It gives us a nice reminder of the essentials, the basics of what the gospel is. See, in this world, us human beings, we live in a broken state, a state of brokenness. This state of brokenness is a state in which we try to find a way out of our brokenness, We try to find a way out by doing various things. We seek religion as a way out of our brokenness. We seek sometimes some of us substance and we go into substance abuse. Sometimes we go 
and seek to be restored of our brokenness in relationships. Not that relationships are bad, but we seek to be fulfilled and made whole from our brokenness. Sometimes we seek to be made whole in our success, whether it's through wealth or financial, uh, financial gain or status. We seek to be uh, made whole from our brokenness, but it, it takes nothing really to realize that we are broken, just to think about the world we live in, ravaged by COVID and by other many evils and other many uh, tragedies in this world. We can look at the world at large, but we can also look at ourselves and see that we ourselves individually are broken. And that's why we seek to make ourselves whole through all of these different um, uh, venues that we seek to kind of just fix the problem, though we know that they don't fix the problem. We still end up missing something. See, in this state of brokenness, we seek a way out. What caused us to be in this state of brokenness? Well, God originally had a perfect design. When he created us, when he created the world, the universe, he had a perfect design for how we were to live in perfect communion and harmony with him and in submission to the creator of the universe who gives us good things because he loves us. But see, the problem that brought us into this default state of brokenness is that we chose our way. Some people call it sin. We chose our way. That's what the sin word means, is that we seek not to follow the way God has designed our lives to be, but the way that we think best, the way that we most maybe think we enjoy. So out of God's perfect design, we have stepped out through seeking our own way of doing things, and we are left in this state of brokenness. We saw that passage that we mentioned earlier, Colossians 1, 21 through 22 reminds us of this separation that we have here. We are separated. That passage tells us that we are separated because we sought our own way. But there is a way out. There is good news. There is a door. See, Jesus, the son of God, God and man, both in one. Jesus made the great exchange. He came to live the life of a servant, not the life of God. He lived a perfect life on my behalf, the life according to God's design that I was unable to live and that I failed. And he took the penalty for living out, for me living out my design and you living out your design, he took the penalty. And after his death, he resurrected. He rises from the dead to guarantee that we will have, as John 3.16 says, eternal life. This is the great 
and good news is that this exchange is made possible through Jesus, where we are seen as Jesus and Jesus is seen as the sinner. He does this freely of his own accord in obedience to the Father. The only thing that we have to do is to turn and repent. We could also say, turn and believe. Turn could be repent as well. We turn and we believe in Jesus as the king of our lives. We make Jesus the king. He, we follow his design. <laughs> and in following his design, we submit to him our lives and recognize that there's nothing that we could do to fix the brokenness within us. And when that happens, we are restored. We are restored back into being into relationship with God. And we grow because we're not perfect as Christians. We are restored and we grow. We are restored because we are immediately no longer alienated. This is the story of the gospel, but it doesn't end there. Now, as believers reconciled, no longer alienated, we go to a broken world to share the gospel. That's the idea. We go to share the gospel to a broken world. Now, all of this is not of course, all-encompassing of the gospel, there are elements that are left out here, heaven and hell and other such areas that are important. But at least this gives you a glimpse of a summary of the gospel, of the problem. We took our way instead of God's way and we were separated. And Jesus, he exchanged his life for us. And by living a perfect life, life and dying in our place and resurrecting, he exchanges with us. He is made to be sin, not me. And I am now made righteous, meaning I am made good and seen like Jesus by the Father. I'm restored back into God's perfect design. This is amazing news. This is truly amazing news. So what happens? Why doesn't the world get it? Why don't I get it sometimes? Why does the joy of the gospel sometimes, why is it sometimes not sufficient? This is the greatest news the world has ever received. The greatest news. And sometimes we can let other things in this world overshadow it. For example, the cares of the world, stress about our jobs, about our situations, about our finances. Now more than ever in, in, in this terrible scenario where we find ourselves where many of our loved ones are no longer employed. Of course, these are concerning things, but we still have the greatest news ever. And we sometimes as Christians forget. Moreover, the world fails sometimes to see why it's such good news. Most Americans that are not Christians could tell you that we believe Jesus died for our sins, but they still don't quite get it. One of the reasons that I want us to explore today, the main, one of the main reasons for why we forget and why the world doesn't see 
the good news of the gospel is it fails to see the cost of the gospel. It fails to see the cost of the gospel. This is something that's in our human nature. I remember uh, growing up in my household, I used to drink a lot of milk. (laughs) I used to drink a lot of milk and uh, both my mom and my dad uh, were always upset at the fact that they had to continue to buy milk. And when I didn't find milk in the fridge, I was upset about it and I just assume I took it for granted. Another thing that I would constantly take for granted and that I actually still struggle with a bit because of my OCD, I use a lot of paper towels, a lot of them. Um, and growing up in my, uh, in my parents' houses, uh, my dad, my, uh, first living with my mom and then living with my dad, uh, in both situations, uh, I would use a lot of paper towels and I would be reminded that they weren't free, but they were free to me because I wasn't paying for them. And so it was something, both the milk and the paper towel were both things that I received for free. And that I took for granted because even though they were free to me and were always meant to be free under my parents, they did have a cost. The cost wasn't mine to bear, but they did have a cost. See, one of the main reasons that we lose our joy for the gospel sometimes or it's diminished or that the world doesn't see it is because we forget that it had the greatest cause. Because grace means God's free favor for us, we forget that grace had the greatest cause. Let me say that again. Because grace means God's free favor for us, we forget that it had the greatest cause. Isaiah 53 is one of those passages that tells us in various verses of this chapter that the cost was great, that it was the greatest It says about Jesus, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've all followed it. Basically, that's when this passage says we followed our own design, right? All We, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. See, our way. And the Lord has laid on him, that is Jesus, the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. It says later in verse 10, yes, it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offering. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. That is a great cause. It is a great cost, but the cost wasn't on us. The cost was his to bear, though it should have been ours. See, we sometimes forget 
The gospel, the grace is so free and so available. All you have to do is turn and believe. It's free, but it's free to us. It had a cost. See, when we forget the cost, we end up thinking it's partially up to us to earn God's approval. That's the second problem that we face for which we sometimes forget the joy of the gospel. When we forget the cost, we end up thinking it's partially up to us to earn God's approval. And that's why Christians, the most seasoned Christians, myself included, all Christians struggle with this a bit. We sometimes pray and read the Bible because we end up trying to seek and keep God happy. But there's nothing that we can add. There is nothing that we can add to the work of Jesus, the cost that Jesus paid. When we forget the cost, we end up thinking it's partially up to us to earn God's approval. Ephesians really closes that door and says, but God, in chapter two of Ephesians, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. That, those were verses four and five. But later in verse eight, it reminds us again, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. When we forget the cost, we end up thinking we have to pay when we forget the cost, we end up thinking we have to pay for our salvation. Of course, that will diminish the good news. But the good news is it's already been paid for. As it says in verse 8, it is the gift of God, not a result of anything that you or I can do. Not a result. See, some might think that the cost is not great, and now I speak specifically of those in the world, some might think that the cost is not great because Jesus is God and God is not vulnerable. Great, Jesus died for me. Isn't he a God? So he died for me, but spiritually nothing happened to him. It wasn't that great of a deal. To believe in Jesus, the cost wasn't great. But the problem is, that we are reminded consistently in the Bible, not just in Isaiah, but in other passages, that we, in fact, though we have it free, it was a great cost to Jesus. See, Jesus is God, but he is fully man as well. In Colossians 1, verse 22, which we read earlier, it says, and you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds... He has now reconciled a body of flesh in his body of flesh, excuse me, by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. There's something key in that passage. When you look at that passage and you look in verse 22, it reminds you how Jesus paid for that cost. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh. Jesus was fully man. Yes, he is fully God, but he was fully man. And he died as a man on the cross to bear the weight of our sins. So we know that, yes, Jesus made himself vulnerable. Here's the thing. It wasn't just a physical agony. 
the worst part of the crucifixion, the worst part of Jesus dying in our place was the fact that he was in fact separated from the Father. And Jesus tells us he and the Father are one. What kind of separation, just agony-inducing separation did Jesus endure if he and the Father are one? That's why he cries on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Take Mark 15, verse 34, and at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, we might sometimes think that the gospel doesn't have a great cost because we think of Jesus as God, but Jesus was fully man and fully God. And he also was separated from the father. That separation from the father reminds us of the greatest cost of all separation from communion with the father. Some might think Jesus died for a crowd. That's another reason we sometimes lose the joy of the gospel. Some might think Jesus died for a crowd and not for each individual sin. Much like when a president or a governor or a politician speaks to us and tells us that they will do things for us, we understand that there is an action he or she performs for us, but he doesn't know me. It's a blanket action that they perform for me or for you, but they don't know us. But that's not the case of Jesus. He didn't write a check that covers sin he paid for each sin. He cares for each individual and he died for each individual sheep. In verse five, or excuse me, in chapter 10 of John 10, or of, of the gospel of John, excuse me, it says, to him the gatekeeper opens, in verse three, the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. In verse three of John 10, Jesus reminds us that he knows us by name. In verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus knows you by name. He knows you so well. He knows you just like he knows the father and how the father knows him. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, Jesus says. I lay down my life for the sheep. The sheep he knows by name. See, he paid for each individual sin of yours. He paid for each individual sin of mine. So you see, after looking at these points, we can just take a small glimpse into why we forget the joy of the gospel. We sometimes forget the cost. We sometimes diminish the cost. And as a result of forgetting the cost, these different aspects having happen, like thinking we have to earn God's approval because Jesus didn't pay a great cost. We end up thinking that the cost wasn't that great because Jesus is God. We end up thinking that God died for a crowd and not for individuals. This can diminish the joy of the gospel. 
The reason this is so important for us to experience the joy of the gospel is that if we understand the cost, if we understand the cost of the gospel, we know how much we have been saved from. And that is the greatest news. If I know that the cost was great, if the cost was something I or you could never pay, that means what he saved us from was so big. And that means that what he has saved us into is so glorious. When we remember the cost, we remember what we've been saved for, from, and we remember what the reward is. Remember the cost. Don't forget that grace that you received, though it's free to you, though it's free to me, had the ultimate price paid by Jesus. When we remember that cost, we remember how good this gospel is. As Pastor Jason makes his way back now for us to move into a time of worship, I want us to think of the cost, not in a depressing way, but in a joy and God-exalting way. See, the truth is that when we understand the cost of the gospel, we can enjoy what it purchased for us. We have been made whole. We have been made new. So let's take this moment now to pray. As you as we move out of the time of prayer, I'm also going to pray for our tithes and offerings. You can give online through the mission app. Uh, and I just encourage you uh, to not give out of a sense of obligation, but rather to give out of a sense of worship. We ask this, of course, of our mission family. But if you're joining us for the first time, we don't want you to feel uh, any sense of obligation to give. But rather, we give out of a sense of worship within the context of our family. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we, we thank you because of the good news. We thank you because the ultimate price was paid so that we may have joy. We thank you because you have made us new through this. We thank you because we were separated by sin, but we have been reconciled through Jesus. All we have to do is turn and repent. All we have to do is repent and believe, excuse me. Turn and believe. Make Jesus our Lord, our King in our lives. And his exchange with us is complete. May we grow as Christians. And may we go into a world that is still broken, but seeking to be made whole and preach the gospel. May you continue to grow us. Multiply the tithes and offerings as we get ready now to make our tithes and offerings. May they be an exercise of worship and nothing more. And may they be utilized as a mission family. May we utilize the tithes and offerings to sustain the ministry here locally in Redlands and to the world. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.